for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. like wearing masks so if i end up traveling again at some point in my life i'm like look i like wearing masks because i have different ones so mm-hmm. don't hate me for wearing my mask yeah, yeah. i, I have a mask <laughs> somewhere back here it might actually still be in my car because the only time i ever really wear it is when i'm out so i tend to leave it in my car and then i forget yeah. then i forget and it's like oh crap where's my mask and then it's in my <laughs> car anyway like that that's kind of how my brain works is like I try and leave things conveniently in places yeah yeah and then yeah, I forget where yeah. I put them and it becomes like yeah. oh dang don't do that again yeah you know what I do at work um mm-hmm. like I of course I have my right now I have my um own office because I usually share it with two or three people um until we get other people there and so for lunch I'll I'll close my door I'll tell everybody I'm going to lunch you know when my door's closed mm-hmm. I'm at lunch my yeah. mask is off yeah. So a couple of times I've done this, you know, and, and it's out of habit. Yeah. I'll get up. Yeah. I might have to go outside the office. I'm like, I forgot my mask. I'm like, and people, and they're looking at me and I'm like, I forgot my mask, didn't I? And they're like, yeah, you did. <laughs> and, and it's not on purpose. Yeah. It's just, I just forgot to put it on, you know, after I'm done with my lunch. Now, you know, now at home, to go from my apartment to the laundry room, which is right around the corner, mm-hmm. I, I wear my, my mask. And so I try to wear different ones every time I go. Mm-hmm. And so this morning, of course, I'm washing clothes and here's my mask. Nice. One of my friends got this for me. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to make a fashion statement slash health statement out of it. Well, um, and the mask is something that's been I don't if it's been I think it's been really big in like the anime and over in uh China like that's something they've always worn Mm because I've seen people Mm -hmm. wearing masks before COVID yes and you know so it's been like a trendy or not trendy it's been a thing that people have worn before and so now that everybody's got to kind of do it yeah people are just kind of investing more into the creative aspect of it yeah, yeah. And I've been places, well, I, I take public transportation to work. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've been on the bus where I've heard other people, if they see people coming, you know, getting on the bus, their masks are like here, not here, or, you know, their masks are just totally off or they don't have any. You know, I've heard passengers like, you know, look at that person. They don't have the mask on. What's wrong? And I'm like, oh, gosh. I need to get off this bus because the civil war is getting ready to break out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to be part of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but now um, what's really cool about our public transportation, when you get on the bus, you know, you'll hear the little computer, please wear your mask, cover your nose and, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 for the safety of yourself and others. I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> There's the um, the airline attendant, like, you know, so, and then they have on their little uh, marquee, you know, please wear your mask or stay home, you know, yeah. like, okay, yeah. you know, yeah. however to promote safety for everybody. So. Yeah. The, the one thing that you, to kind of feed off the, um, 
comment about the little civil war about wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. I saw this meme the other day about allergy season is about to become the Salem witch trials. Oh, wow. Because everybody's going to be accusing, uh, like, if so, if you have allergies, they'll be accusing you of having COVID or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I know, right? I just take a deep breath and it's like, and the crazy thing about it is, um, this is flu season coming up. Yep. Of course, colds. And I'm allergic to ragweed big time. So mm. um, it wasn't as bad as it was last year for me. Okay. But, you know, um, I get the sneezing, the coughing, the craziness with it. And the last time I had a cold, I, I was really sick in February and I thought I had the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but that was before they announced COVID. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I just thought I had a weird flu that I the symptoms I've never had before, the shortness of breath, the dry cough, really tired, took me. And I had my, um, my doctor, I'm like, I can't breathe. There's something wrong. And, you know, and me being, I went into the nurse mode diagnosing mm-hmm. myself. I said, we need to figure out, make sure there's nothing else going on. Yeah. Because being a cancer survivor, my thought was, okay, please God, I hope I don't have lung cancer. That's what I was thinking. And so the x-ray was fine. And it took me like two weeks to recover. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. And I was working out. So I continued working out, but I kind of scaled back. So I just was doing the calisthenics at home Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. And wow. So, but yeah, it just kind of, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The cold, the flu, the allergies, the COVID, you know. Um. Yeah, it's, and I, I've i been telling everybody that cold, the cold season this year is going to be worse than it normally is. Like, yeah, even on yeah. top of the COVID, because I was reading, I've been, read a few different articles, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I can change my thinking on this, but using the disinfectant gel, it kills... Mm-hmm like any bad bacteria but doesn't it also kill good bacteria like stuff that fights off the backs bad stuff yeah and you have to be very very careful with overuse Mm -hmm. because after a while the germs the bacteria and everything else you know that's crawling or or floating is going to get used to they're going to build up an immunity Mm -hmm. um and 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 actually you know you're you're right because last year before all of this I went on an online uh, webinar and they were talking about, it was very interesting. And they were just talking about immunology and mm-hmm. germs and bacteria and all that. And it, and I found it very interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, I said, that's interesting. And they're like, you have to be careful with overuse, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah no, no. And, and I would never want you to change your, your, you know, your thought of thinking. Maybe yeah. just embrace well, like it, a more knowledge. It, it was more of as like the COVID thing was starting, I saw people like bathing in this disinfectant gel, and like every mm-hmm. five minutes, it was like from the hands up to the arm, like just being really. Now I shouldn't say ridiculous because that's not for me to decide what's sane right. and not sane, but. Right, like right. just bathing in this stuff and it's like you're gonna regret that come flu season but okay yeah and you have to be careful because it can be absorbed through your skin mm-hmm. and so you got to be very very careful with that um you know i understand people want to be very very protective and i get it i'm not knocking it just kind of be very careful because you don't want to end up getting sick and like you said all of a sudden you don't have like some kind of protection 
mm -hmm. you know, anymore. But, you know, as long as we're staying safe, I'm happy. I get the big smile. Yay. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So we're going to just kind of continue roll into this. Um, okay. So I'm sitting here with uh, Miss Freddie. How's it go? How are you, how are you doing today? Let, let's. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm up. I'm smiling. Yeah. You know, usually around this time I'm at work and I'm, you know, critically thinking. <laughs> but I'm doing well. Thank you. As the precursor to this, we were talking about COVID and stuff. So you're a nurse by trade. Um, yes. You work. You you don't do bedside nursing, but you work in. I work in a, um, it's an office slash clinic, um, and I'm actually a surgical nurse by trade, and it's surgical oncology. We okay. deal with GI, surgical oh. oncology. So we deal with pancreatic, colon, and rectal cancers um, a lot. I, I want to say I think 80% uh, of our patients have those diseases on top of the, um, the hernias, mm -hmm. um, you know, people with Crohn's disease that, you know, they, they're, they're going through a lot and they require surgery. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My uh, dad is going through his final stages of prostate cancer. Um, oh, okay. He went through um, proton laser treatment, I think is what okay. it's called. Yeah. Okay. He did that, and uh, he's going through like his last little bit of testosterone replacement therapy. So, he... wow! I'll keep your dad in my prayers. You know, every day I come across someone, whether it's directly or indirectly um, related or not. I'm telling you, for like the last several months, someone, um, you know, is diagnosed with cancer, mm -hmm. and hence why my hair's cut short about. 28 December 2018, a nurse friend of mine, we used to work together and she mm -hmm. moved to Philly a few years back and she um, ended up with breast cancer. She's doing well. Mm -hmm. um, and then a few of us who knew her, um, you know, they contacted me through Facebook and was like, hey, so-and-so, I didn't know, you know, she had cancer and um, we're going to cut our hair. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't shock me. I used to have my hair short. So I did. And you know what? I kept it like this. And ever since then, I've been coming across patients, people. And I'm like, you know what? It's cheaper. It looks nice. Not bragging. And I'm like, it's in the name of, because when I had chemo, before I got my chemo, I went and got all my hair cut off. Because I'm like, I don't want to get up in the morning and my hair's on my pillow. Yeah. I'm brushing my hair or combing my hair. And it's like, ah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, so, uh, you know, awesome. I am, um, my heart goes out to people that are struggling with it, you know, in remission, yay, mm -hmm. and those that, you know, lost their battle with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Luckily, they caught it just before it started metastasizing, or, well, it had, like, literally just started metastasizing, like, I, you know, I'm not 100% yeah. familiar with how cancer operates and works, but they just said it had just started metastasizing. So they put them on the testosterone replacement therapy and it started okay. regressing. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. Okay. Wow. So he, he went from a PSA of 14 mm -hmm. to, I think he's at like one or two right now. Wow. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. That'll make you smile every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, so he's, <laughs> I think he's just more happy to get off the testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you know, yeah. It is, it's like, just, you got one more shot. Just, just kind of ride it out. You got 90 more days and you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh, that's great. I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. 
and we're all, we were all happy when we found that out. So yeah, yeah. But um, before we jump too deep into everything, I want to thank you for giving us time to sit down and chat here a little bit this morning. Um, you're originally from Pittsburgh. You're yes. a blues musician. You yes. just released a brand new single uh, back in August, about a little about six weeks ago. I want to say. Yeah, um, the official release was August 17th. Okay. Um, Wade in the Water, um, produced by Mike Morgan out of Jackson, Ohio. And arrangement was uh, by Jay Vernali, who's from Nashville. Okay. And the backup vocals was Kim Parent. And I'm just elated. I'm so thankful. Uh, when I heard When I heard the final cut before they sent it off to be released, I cried. I literally cried. It was that powerful. It didn't take that much. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of instrumentation mm-hmm. um, because they asked me what kind of instruments you want on it. And I says, well, you know, send me the scratch instrumental. Let me hear. And I'm like, you know what? And I was thinking and thinking, and I'm like, I don't think I would want anything else on it <laughs> because that's not the message that I'm trying to convey to everybody out there in the world. You know, I want them to be able to hear the words. A lot of people know it, but I want you to hear how it's being delivered. And so far, that's working, Tom. Yay. (laughs) So for this single, is it ultimately leading to like a EP or an LP or is the single just kind of, are you just kind of doing singles right now? Well, without letting the cat totally out the bag, Um, my goal is to, uh, to start working on a gospel album with a well-known producer. We are in talks and that's all I'm going to say. (laughs) So, um, it's so funny. You said to not let too much, um, not let too much of the cat out of the bag. I had a podcast about a week or so ago where somebody said the exact same thing. And then, like, within five seconds, they were telling me everything. And it's like, did I just get an exclusive here? Because you didn't realize what you were saying, you know? Because she caught what she was trying to promote a show. Or no, yeah. he. It was a he. He was trying to promote a show. It was uh-huh. going to be, like, his only show of 2020. And he was promoting that he was going to do a release video. Yeah. And I asked him about the show. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be here here and here at this time and i was like you just said you weren't announcing that till tomorrow (laughs) so yeah it's always funny when people say i don't want to let the cat out of the bag and then i just yeah so yeah yeah it's um because the talks are still in works but um there is going to be a gospel cd and Mm -hmm. i do want to have it released the month of my birthday which is june of next Mm -hmm. year um so, you know, I talked to the, uh, <laughs> to the, hopefully my, you know, who's going to be the producer and I'm excited. He's excited. He already, we actually met a few years oh, well. ago, yeah. um, in Pittsburgh at a jam session and he reminded me and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, um, He's very talented, talented musician, great mm-hmm. vocalist, um, but he took up producing. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we're, we'll, we'll see. I'm very excited um, because, you know, he wants 
this to be a very hard, gunch-wrenching, sorry, um, down-to-earth project. Nice. And, you know, um, when we were done with our Zoom meeting, <laughs> I said, you know, I had to go into prayer. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I had, I, I, I'm like, you got you to gotta lead me, Lord. What am I supposed to do here? Mm. So right now, it's, it's like a stalemate. I, I know it's coming. The answer is coming. I just have to pay attention. So I'm excited about that. I can't mm. wait um, to do that. Um, I entered the song. There's the Blues Foundation. Yeah. Um, a lot of people's into, and so I entered Michael Stover, who I'm under his management team, PR, which I, I love Michael. He's a great guy. He uh, brought it to my attention. He's like, why don't you enter in a song of the year? And I'm like, uh, you sure? You think? And he's like, why not? So I did. So we'll see. I won't know until January when they start announcing nominations. Um, so it, it'll be exciting, you know, if not, that's fine, you know, um, because my goal is please listen to the music, mm -hmm. please, you know, please embrace it, you know, let it be some kind of a guide for you at the end of your day, you know, whether you're having a good day, bad day, or kind of like both. So that's where I'm at. And probably by the end of our interview, I'll probably like, I might end up saying something. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll try. I'll try and prevent it as much as I can. Uh, if I feel you saying something that you shouldn't be, or like that, I don't think you meant to say. I'll jump in and I'll try and interrupt you or something. I'll figure it you out. You know, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> oh. No, but you know what? Honestly, I'm very excited about it, and I hope to, um, you know, to announce it. Um, you know, in the next coming few weeks, two, three weeks. So, yeah, uh, because I definitely want to do the CD. There's no doubt. I do want to do a gospel is, CD. Is this, this is your first like foray into doing or doing gospel or have you always kind of done gospel and just never really recorded it? I've always done gospel. Um, the start was when I was a child. And then as I became late teens, early twenties, singing in church choir, mm -hmm. Um, and then the last few years, I've taken a few gospel songs, original or covers, when I'm out performing um, with either one of my bands. I have two of them, and I'll do them. And I noticed the last two or three years, uh, no matter where I'm performing at, um, I've always had people in the audience ask me, can you do some gospel? Can you do this? Can you do that? And I really started paying attention. I said, that's my cue. That's my sign that I need to put together a gospel album. And so three years, I, three years ago, I made up my mind. I'm like, I got to do this. I want to do a gospel album. So. But even in like Wade in the Water, I could still pick up like traditional bluesy elements within the song. So you're not straying too far from your roots, even venturing into the gospel realm of things yeah yeah the guy um mike morgan who produced it um he approached me uh back in i want to say back in june and um he uh he actually found me through a promoter out of ohio who knew of me and suggested me mm -hmm. Michael's looking for someone who, you know, has a blues voice and could act, you know, and he had, he told me, pick a spiritual song that you know, you know, or, you know, maybe you don't know, but may, you know, it may come to you, you may have that feeling about it. And um, 
all the stuff. Wait in the Water just kind of came out. I sent him a three or four songs that I had mm. researched, but Wait in the Water was in there. And uh, he chose Wait in the Water. And um, I did acapella, recorded it, and sent it to him. Um, and, you know, that's where it took off. I, um, um, because he kept saying, I, I want you to use your blues voice. I know this is a gospel spiritual psalm. He's like, you know, to add a little bit of blues to the mixture, he said would bring it to life. So I'm thinking that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it brought it to life. So nice. That's all. And so the song's been out since mid August. Um, how, how's the, now that it's out and you, you said, mentioned you've been working on it for a bit what's going through your mind now that it's been out and it started to gain some traction? Um, what's been on my mind is, wow, if this is happening, you know, I really need to do the gospel album. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, my, my two bands, uh, well, my acoustic band, we've always done Wade in the Water, but mm -hmm. now we do it a little bit different. And my blues band, the electric band, um, we definitely do it. And I like the little twang and twings, as I call it, yeah. that they yeah. put on it. And it, it's getting people's attention. So I'm very excited about that because people are paying attention. And it's like, wow, if you're doing, you know, and I've done, I, I have a few, a couple gospel tunes that I have in my set. But now that people are seeing, wow, okay, Miss Freddie's doing gospel, it's being accepted. People are like, please give us more. Mm -hmm. Don't stop doing that. Yes, we know you do blues, but don't stop doing gospel because I'm finding it's important to them. Yeah. I guess they need something to reach out to. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, um, yeah, and, and so it, that's my job if to answer your question that that's my drive since this has been out and i see that it's getting a lot of attention momentum i have a dj friend i think he's in tennessee or kentucky um we met through when my second album came out in 2017 and he texted me a few days ago and he says wow i see you're making a scene and and i <laughs> and i'm like uh that sounds familiar but I guess it is getting attention. And then um, Michael had sent me, um, he sent me like a little uh, little blurb, um, I guess not even two or three days after I came under his umbrella. Um, it was number two in iTunes in South Africa. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that gives me the, that encourages me to keep on doing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's interesting because I've heard very similar stories that the uh, musician's music may not be getting that much of like they, they're getting attention in America, but they go and look at the analytics and they've got a huge following. Some are South Africa, some are, um, like Egypt, some are, you know, just like pick a country and somebody has a huge or a bigger following there. I, I should be careful throwing around the word huge, but like a bigger following there. Right. Uh, right. And so it's just always interesting how, even though as big as the world is, how close or small it is because they're listening to your music specifically. 
So. Yeah, yeah. And I find that that's true because when my second album, um, and I'm sure the first album people overseas were listening, mm -hmm. but when my second album came out, it was very interesting. Um, it was being played in Australia, oh, wow. New Zealand, oh. Germany, France, like in Europe, um, in Asia, certain parts of Asia. And I didn't know this until people started coming on my social media people in the netherlands you got to come over here you got to come over here we want to hear you people in france you got to come up and i'm like okay you know get, let, let me take a breath um and i did have a european uh, european tour put together for this november but unfortunately it had to be canceled because of the covid yeah um so the goal is if things calm down and it's safe I will be coming over there next year, thanks to some friends here in the United States who connected me to a tour manager out of France. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But I find it very true, and I've heard that throughout the years. Musicians that are here from here, when they go you know, across the waters, um, they, are, they are very popular. You know, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, a huge, I have to say, a huge fan base over there. Um, but I think for me, I think mine is balanced. It's 50% here, 50% overseas. Because I, I have a lot of people in the States that follow me. And it's the West Coast, you know, North, South, you know, um, East over here. And it's just very, very um, interesting. And I'm always grateful. The more that's listening, the merrier, you know, let's get it together. Give me your IFP. I tell people, if you have ideas about something, give them to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what's um, one thing that we like to do on Live and Amplified is we like to pass on knowledge to younger musicians and help them kind of uh if they're getting ready to start off on their music career or and take that next step we want to make sure that they're kind of getting valuable information that's going to lead them in the right direction sure, sure. Uh, so if you're cool with it i want to kind of pick your brain a little bit to send that send the right information to the right people sure sure go ahead oh uh, what's we'll start off very general what's one thing that you've learned throughout your entire music career that you wish you would have known back when you first got started uh huh. <laughs> i'm sure there's a lot because usually there is there's a lot <laughs> no but you know what i wish i'd have known um hmm let me see Oh, well, as a local slash regional musician, um, I wish that I've known more about booking because mm -hmm. right now I manage the bands, I pick the songs, you know, I do the bookings. Um, and so as far as how to manage myself and what I do as a musician, I think and I, if I had known that when I started out, it would have been a little bit easier for me as far as the steps that I needed to take to continue the music. Um, and I didn't know to surround myself with musicians who've been there and done that. Um, I learned that along the way. And I have some great musician friends, you know, in the country, in the United States and overseas. So that's one thing. 
is to always surround. And and I know a lot of a lot of young musicians. I know they do that in the beginning. So you want to surround yourself with positive positivity, right chemistry, and knowledge. Definitely knowledge. Yeah. So if I had had all of those um, back in, well, my first band was 96, but that's a different story. But then I started out on my own in 2002, 2003. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, with the knowledge I had, which was not enough, but mm -hmm. it was a learning curve. Yeah. Um, since you kind of brought it up, you, your first band was back in 96. How has the music business kind of changed over the, the, those years from your perspective? How has how like social media influenced everything? Has it made it easier, harder, you know? I think it's easier because of social media. Mm -hmm. Social media has brought out a lot. It's, you know, it's made people, people want to know a lot. And, and I'm going to tell you, I've met a lot of people that don't do Facebook. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, how, you know, do you have a website? I get that 80% of the time. Do you have a website? Because I don't, you know, I don't do the whole social media. I say, well, you know, you have control on what happens on your social media page. But, yeah. you know, but um, I find that with the social media, it's been great because when I, even back in 96, the word of mouth was telephone, telegraph. <laughs> if you don't know what a telegraph is, people, you got to Google it. Um, but seriously, newspapers, radio interviews, TV. And that's what we had back then. Um, and so, you know, coming forward, um, when I started out, it was pretty much the same thing. And so I had, I have not been on Facebook for very long. I'm thinking maybe 10 years. I have to look back and see when I joined. But um, when social media just took off, it's like, wow, this is great. And my website, I think I've had my website maybe like four years. Yeah. Um, so I really, I had one, but it was just a generic one, me starting out. Mm. Um, but now that I have a website and people are like, give me your website. I'm like, sure. Yeah. So I, I, so it's because I feel it's become much easier, yeah, way absolutely. much easier, and especially with all the technology. Yeah, absolutely. And like, even still, if you take the principles of like, even, well, let's start from 96 of print, TV, radio, that's how you promote yourself. You could still take those base, like the baseline of those principles and ap uh, apply it to today because print you still need to get your reviews and your write-ups of the music to promote right. radio you need to jump on podcasts to promote and video right. you need to be releasing some sort of video content like whether it's music videos live performance videos or just like promo videos in general so like the right. concepts that were back in 96 still apply to today it's just not tv radio and newspapers it's blogs podcasts and YouTube. So. Right. You're, you're exactly right. Um, Cause out of that, my goal and, and my, um, my website has a blog thing and I have not, I've used it a couple of times, yeah. but I really want to get an understanding of blogging Yeah. Um, because blogging takes on a whole new meaning, you know? Yeah. So I look at blogs that are done on my job through our organization. I look at blogs of people who, you know, grow plants, you know, who do gardening. 
I look at blogs of, you know, hair, yeah. you know, like styles. Um, so, and I'm just taking ideas and I'm jotting them down because I would like to blog, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. nothing but positivity because it's all about me being positive. Um, you know, I, that's just the way I want to go because the whole thing is social. Like I said, social media is great if you know how to use it correctly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if you want to get your point across, you know, you don't have to be all preachy about it. Um, you don't have to be, you know, lecturing like, you know, it's like a doomsday device because it's not. Um, but if you do it in the right way, if you want to get your music out there, you know, that's the way to go. Just yeah. period. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, you'd mentioned that you really want to start blogging. We just recently started doing that during the COVID. Uh, we relaunched our website because of the stimulus package that came through. It was like, oh, let's use it to fund live and amplified fun things. And yeah, yeah. the website that I launched had a blog section. And I was like, I don't know if I'll ever use it, but let's launch, let's put it on there and see what happens. And then got hit up by some freelance writers and it was like, okay, let's make this like a thing. And the thing that I'm trying to figure out is why certain people respond to certain things. Like the articles that you think people would be going gaga over, like the stuff that'll help them Mm -hmm. book shows or how to book out or two, you know, like stuff like that doesn't seem to do as well. But the second we put out like an opinion piece about, oh, hey, here's 10 musicians from boise idaho that we think you need to look out for right automatically we get like a thousand hits all the first three days and it's like wait that's not what we want to be doing we want to be doing the stuff that's going to help you why doesn't right yeah so that that's what we've been really struggling with is trying to figure out what what's going to attract people's attention and all that stuff so yeah yeah, one of my friends, um, back in the summertime, she, um, she's a writer. She's very good. Um, and she's trying to get herself, you know, started because she doesn't know which way she wants to go. If she wants to do po- um, poems or short story. I'm like, poems, because I love poetry. Yeah. I can write a poem in a minute, but I can't write a song. And I'm like, I don't get that. Isn't that the same thing? Um, <laughs> but she noticed, because I was talking to her about blogging. And she said, you realize you've been doing that on your Facebook page. I'm like, really? She's like, yes. She said, go back and look at all the responses and the likes that you've been getting on certain subjects you put out there. And I did happen to go back and I'm like, oh. So on my, my, I have a personal page and my musician page. My personal page, I really, you know, good morning, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And I do my balcony cafe thing, video. Um, And then I will put, you know, I will put something, if I hear of a story, whether it's local or somebody directly, indirectly, national, international, and it kind of touches my heart, makes me sad, makes me mad, I'm not perfect, but I'm not going to put my anger and sadness. I will, you know, I, I will, you know, I'll sit and think about it. And then there's sometimes that I don't, I'm just like, this is what's in my heart and I start typing. And I, I have noticed something. I get a lot of hits, a lot of comments. And, but if I put the basic, you know, here's my mask, <laughs> you know, good morning, mm-hmm. um, nobody. But 
if I have a tie-dye mask on or if I have the breast cancer awareness, like a mask, I have a few of those, um, and, you know, I'll, like, add something to it, um, I get a lot of hits. So I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, so that's why I want to really, really think about how I want to blog on my website. And, just and I'm just suggestions to anybody out there. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of going off what you were saying, I think on your end, it's more about authenticity to yourself. While you may, and like in, in inviting engagement, because like, even though you're posting the, hi, how you doing? And that's very authentic because and everybody, like almost everybody should be authentic with a, hi, how you doing? Like, yeah. you know, that, that, but it could come off as not authentic and more right. factory made. But like when you go into the more in depth, you know, like whatever topic you want to talk about, mm -hmm. that just mm -hmm. comes off a lot more authentic and invites more engagement, good or bad. Like it just kind of depends. But I, I think that's ultimately what breaks it down on your end. And that's what we've been trying to figure out on our end is what comes off as authentic for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but you'd brought up gardening. Is that something you do in your spare time? Or oh, just... no. <laughs> okay. Um, I live in an apartment. So, and, and you know what? And I'm shocked at myself because I've been here in this apartment for eight years. And I usually have plants on my balcony. And this year I didn't. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because. I've been so caught up trying not to be so sad and depressed because of all of this that's going on in our world right now. Mm -hmm. But um, when I lived in a house, I did the garden and gladiolas are so hard to like keep, oh my God. It was like a fight to the finish, mm -hmm. you know, every year, but, I, but they were pretty and I love them. Um, I want to get back into having plants in the house because number one, plants are healthy for you. Mm -hmm. Number two, I like playing music and singing. And I noticed when I had plants um, beforehand, um, yeah. when I had the house, uh, I'd, I'd have music and my plants would like grow. Yeah. Like, you know, they always look like they were happy, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, so that's what I want to get back into. Um, my mother and my one sister, who both have passed on, uh, they were they were so good at gardening, it was insane. My sister loved sunflowers. It drove me nuts. I would cut, drive up to her house and you see these like huge tall things coming off the ground. I'm like, what the heck? I said, you know, that looks like the movie, you know, The Body Snatchers. Yeah, I said, those sunflowers are going to like look at me and it's like, you know what? Go ahead, try us, see what happens. But they were beautiful. And my mom, she, her garden, um, she would take old shoes, old pots. And my mother loved uh, purple and white. That was her thing. And she would take, I'm, I mean, it was insane, but it was beautiful. And um, I think, and I don't know if I'm, if I'm right, but, you know, my family can correct me. I swear there was like a contest, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. in the area who had the best garden. My mom, you know, she had the best garden. She did. It was just insane. She had a green thumb and then some. So, yeah. you know, kudos to all of you who are like so good with plants and flowers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've tried this summer to grow some cayenne peppers. Because oh, yeah. I, I wanted 
like I wanted to say, okay, I did something outside of my ordinary that during the COVID break, except yeah. they got to a certain point, they didn't bud. And I was like, all right. Like it's, it said it was supposed to be like within six weeks, they were supposed to start, um, you're supposed to start being able to see peppers growing or, yeah, or yeah, germinating, yeah, I guess yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And like it had been almost two months and like they hadn't even really started budding yet. And I'm like, all right, oh. well, that was a fail. And I found out it's because where I live, I live in an apartment also. Okay. I get like no sunlight in the back, which is where I have oh. to keep the plants. And I'm like, all right, noted. And so now I'm just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I won't try and grow plants anymore. That sucks. Oh, well, there's like, now I've heard and I don't know. So forgive me all, you know, I'm not well versed in gardening and, you know, growing stuff. But I heard if you like, if you live in a setting like an apartment or something where you, you know, you don't have anything outside or not sunlight, there's some kind of lighting you can use for plants, flowers, you know, or if you're just growing some kind of vegetable. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I'm I've, I've yeah, I'm look into that because I don't know, but you know, if that's true, you're going to have cayenne peppers all over the place, you know, yeah. so. And just growing them out of season, that yeah. would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so uh, when you're not doing music or working, What's kind of your stress reliever? What 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 are some of the hobbies that you like to do? Sit and ferment. <laughs> um, well, you know what? When this uh, before the COVID, I, I would do a lot of meditating because my my life is just busy. Mm-hmm. I had a busy life, um, and music was actually my. Uh, and actually, it still is. I'm not going to say was. It still is. It's it's my stress reliever, always. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even before I became a musician. Uh, but I've taken up relearning the flute. I used to play the flute from when I was in high school. I was in the high school band up until I played the flute up until my oldest was three, and then I just kind of dropped it. So now I've taken that up. Um, I love to read and I love to write poetry. Um, so every now and then, I haven't written any poems in the last two or three weeks, but those those are my things, my hobbies that I, you know, I just, I want to do mm-hmm. and that I love to do. I used to bowl, but with COVID, I can't go bowling anymore. And the funny thing about it is my youngest, who is 28, you know, he, he has bowled a few strikes and I'm like, and people are like cheering him on. I'm like, oh, I just, I just need to stop bowling. <laughs> I, I've never I, been one of like a, a you know a great bowler mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I remember his first time taking the two hands he was little and I'm like how's he gonna strike he's a little kid are you kidding me so that was like a family hobby thing but you know now yeah. that we don't but um but as far as coming home and meditating um, I love to read. I love to read uh, romance novels. Mm-hmm. I love to read um, life stories, you know, about people. Um, and I love a little sci-fi. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was talking with someone the other day about terrible sci-fi movies and uh, uh, the love of specific. I was specifically talking about like those terrible sci-fi channel movies 
yeah, where it's like yeah. Attack of the Two-Headed Hand Anaconda or, you know, like whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, great. I love it. But I'm sure you're referring more to like the legitimate science fiction aspect, not the over-glorified monster movies. Well, actually, I'm going to tell you, you know, my favorite monster movie. And when I was a kid, I, I had nightmares about Godzilla. Okay. I, you know, and I love Godzilla. So every last Godzilla movie that is out there, I've watched up into the recent one. I think I downloaded the um, the recent one. Yeah, that the, came out a couple of years or so ago. King of the Monsters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Where at the end, you know, he ends up like all the monsters are bowing to him. But yeah, um, I love Godzilla as a kid, and as a kid, I drew dinosaurs. Oh, nice! Like I had this knack for drawing, which I don't have it anymore. But I would draw dinosaurs, and Godzilla is my favorite. Godzilla gave me nightmares, <laughs> but I still love. Yeah, and I love all with Mothra. I love all those. Like I love monster movies. Mm -hmm. You know what I don't like is the the zombie movies because zombies creep me out. <laughs> well, and I think like I used to be like really into the zombie movies. Like yeah. anytime, anytime it was zombie something or something zombie, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, great. I got to watch it. Like, there was this terrible movie called Zombiever where a bunch of kids go to a lake house and there's a zombie beaver that's terrorizing them. Makes oh, no goodness. sense. <laughs> but it was just one of those things where it's like, I got to watch it. And then, like, now zombie everything. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I just, mm -mm. and And another, um, another movie like the, um, the Friday the 13th movies, mm. I am like, uh, that's a little bit too much blood for me. Yeah. Now, my yeah. youngest, he likes the vampire movies. And I'm like, where'd that obsession come from? <laughs> like, and um, I think the one that he likes is, um, it was bloody. I said, oh, okay, that's just enough. Yeah. Um, it's Dracula, but I can't think of the name of it. But um it's it's really good. It's okay. a really good one, but he, I mean, there's just too much biting going on. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I can't do this. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. And but, it's, but yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, everything is so gory and like bloodlust driven that if you were to show him like the original Dracula Nosferatu movie back from the yes. 20s. Bella Lugosi, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you were to show him that, it would be yeah. very... Uneven or underwhelming, I guess would be the better word. Although it's like a great movie, but yeah, if you, if you grew up watching like the Blade trilogy or you know, I'm not that well versed in like all the different vampire movies, but yeah, yeah, like yeah, Blade. he likes Blade. I like Blade too, you know, because I like the martial arts. Mm -hmm. um, that's my thing. If I was gonna watch a movie, it would be you know, I love martial arts movies, so. Nice. That's awesome. Man. Oh, so movies that that's kind of your thing. Is that been kind of helping you get through the pandemic watching a lot of movies or is. Oh yeah. Cause you know what, from March to May, I was working from home. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, okay, we, you know, I, we usually watch Netflix. I was a Netflix person, you oh, know, yeah. big fan. How many times did Netflix. you watch uh, Tiger King? Actually, can I be honest? Never. Okay. I, never. I, I applaud you because it, 
everybody talks about, oh, I'm team Joe Exotic or I'm team um, whoever. And it's like, none of these people are good people. Like they are all yeah. terrible people. Why are we yeah. rooting for either one of these sides? You know? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna watch Game of Thrones and I said, no, I don't want to. But now I wanna watch it because I keep hearing about it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's another one that a couple of my musician friends are hooked on, Mandalorian. Okay. Um, and I'm not, because I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm like, how come I'm not watching this? Yeah. So that's, I said, that's I'm like gonna... on Disney Plus, and you got to go get a whole different streaming platform. And yeah. 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 So, you know, um, but yeah, when I was um, working from home, Trying to think, what did I watch? I started watching a lot of love stories. Oh, we loved family. We loved the Hallmark Channel. Okay. Um, you know, family, we absolutely loved the Hallmark Channel. And I think we were watching a lot of that. And I'm a big Twilight Zone, the old Twilight Zone, the black and white ones. Um, that, that, those were my things that I was, you know, watching. Nice. You brought up the Hallmark Channel. I lived in uh, Roswell, New Mexico for about four years. And we had a few different Hallmark movies come through. And uh, like I was very heavily invested in uh, like the film scene out there. And yeah. so we had a few Hallmark movies come through. So that you brought that up. It was like, oh, I know a little bit about Hallmark movies. And then, of course, the Will Ferrell movie that... Yeah that made a big head, headways. Mm -hmm. um, cool. What, so were you, you were working from home for early part, but now you're back kind of um, full-time back at the office. Yep. Back at the office. Uh, went any, back in May, five days you, a week. Were you doing any like the teledoc stuff, like the, through the phone, like the video conferencing and stuff like that? Um, or was that more no. like the practitioners? Uh, well, my job, I am, 90% of my job is the phone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was not doing any teleconference or anything. Um, if anything, um, communication was by email or, um, if they needed me right away, I, although I answer, I have my emails constantly up. You know, I, I have two monitors at work, but unfortunately, I have not yet figured out how to do double screen on a single, you know, on a single screen because I have the laptop. Mm -hmm. So communication was phone, text me or email. So that's how. And then um, what's nice is our phone person set me up with uh, email voice messaging, which that's cool. I am like, I wish I could do that on my regular email. Um, and, you know, I would know right away that somebody left me a voicemail um, on my office phone. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I still have it. I, I left it on there. I said, this is great. You know, um, so that's, that's pretty much what was happening. It was nice. At first, it took me two weeks. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, but I think I drove my son crazy in the end because mom is home all the time. Yeah, but he got three square meals a day. You know, um, and so he was happy about that. Uh, but I, I understand he likes to have his space and I totally get it. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Um, That's the one thing I had to learn about being home is how to control mm -hmm. every little hunger urge that I had. 
because yeah. it's like I've got a full fridge right there. I'm kind of yeah. hungry. Yeah. Let's go make. And I was eating like five or six meals a day, and then after like th- uh, six weeks, I was like, "Oh, I've gained twenty five pounds, and now I know why." Because oh, eating five or six meals, like full, not like snacks, like four right. meals, and it's yeah. like, and no wonder my food bill has doubled since. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, mine has to, I mean, I noticed a big difference because when I was home, I was ordering, um, you know, ordered a food. I could have went and picked it up curved. So I'm like, no, just, you know, let them deliver it to home. Um, but now I go out to the store once or twice a week, have the mask. I take him with me, take my son with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it works out. Um, we have gotten to the point that where I may be spending an hour in the store, I cut that down. I'm in there no more than 30 minutes, if that. Nice. Because I already know what I want. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it works I found out. If I actually go to like a grocery store instead mm-hmm. of like Walmart, I yeah. spend a lot less time in there because it's like, okay, let, let's get, get what I need and not look around and like, oh, do I really need this? Yes, you know. Yeah. So, it's a lot more to the point when I'm at a grocery store, not Walmart. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, I totally get that part. Um, so kind of moving forward with the release, uh, you released your new single. Were you a little concerned about releasing it during the pandemic, or was it just one of those things where it's like, no, it needs to get out. Let's release it regardless. I was not concerned about that um, and because of, you know, the technology, digital, and, you know, digital is now the way to go, what people are doing nowadays. Um, and uh, Mike Morgan, um, who really uh, uses CD Baby, he um, loaded on to CD Baby. So, and I have a CD Baby platform, you know, separately myself, and I happen to go on there and from what I understand, and please anybody correct me, or even if you know, Tom, they're no longer selling CDs. They're promoting all digitals. Yeah, that's what I said. I had that strange look and I'm like, wait, so I'm gonna really look into it, but I was not concerned about it because people already follow me um, through my social media. They can go to YouTube, they can go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon. So, um, yeah, I, I I was I was not worried. Um, I was worried though, as far as financial. You know, a lot of people out of work, and you know, even though it probably does not cost that much to download stuff, you know, it's still. You know, a, a lot of people would find it a hardship and a burden to them, especially you know when they're trying to struggle. How am I going to pay for my medicine? How am I going to put food on the table? You know, how am I just going to survive and keep a roof over my head? Yeah. So that, that, those are my concerns, you know, for those going through that. And, and believe me, I've been there and done that in my life. Yeah. I got um, so that, that's not easy. So I never take that lightly. Never, 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 ever. Just looking at the CD Baby website, it looks like they still do like hard copies. But they don't. Okay. They don't promote it like they used to. Right. Okay. Maybe that's what I was looking at, um, because usually 
they will send me a notification, an email, you know, um, oh, you got to send, you know, send us more CDs, but I've not gotten that. I think what they're, do I think what they do is they they found out a way to duplicate it themselves. So they like take your kind of like what on the DIY scene, what they're doing now is cassette tapes are making a comeback. Like, Oh, really? Yeah. Like cassette <laughs> tapes. And so they'll get one good mixed mastered copy of the cassette tape mm -hmm. and then they'll just duplicate it. Like they'll put it in a, like a standard cassette tape duplicator and just one over and over again. So, okay. Yeah. It, just a little wow, bit. cassette tapes. I mean, yeah. vinyl, you know, but cassette tapes. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, last I checked, that nobody's manufacturing cassette tapes anymore. So it's every the entire supply of cassette tapes is just what's left over before they stop producing cassette tapes. Wow. Until okay, they need to start making it. And yeah. But cassette tapes are so expensive right now. It's like, in what world does this make any sense? Wow, yeah. cassette tapes. Well, what's going to have to happen? Because you know, um, the newest like vehicle models that are coming out, they no longer have like you know the CD player. And I'm like, so how do you play? And they're like Bluetooth. And they're even making, you know, where you or you could use a USB cable, which I heard that eventually you're going to be getting rid of USB cable, you know, connections for yeah. cars and just all Bluetooth. And I'm like, okay. So I do use Bluetooth in my car and I have a CD player in my car. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, but I use more so if the only time I use a CD player is if a friend sends me a CD. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I want to listen to it and I'll play it, uh, but then I'll switch over to the Bluetooth. So I'm glad I have both, you know, worlds that I can, you know, go back and forth. Yeah. So. And that, something that I've been doing recently is when I see, like when I'm out at shows and I see bands that have vinyl. Oh, I'll, yeah. If they're pressing their own vinyl, I'll buy the mm -hmm. vinyl and then I'll just go listen to the music on Spotify or wherever it is. So yeah. the band technically wins twice, but... To me, that vinyl is so precious and like a, essentially a piece of history yeah. that I buy it and I don't even take it out of the like cellophane wrapper. So like all the new vinyl that I bought, everything is still in the cellophane wrapper and it sits there perfect pristine because I know like imagine if you had done that with say like the White Album or, you know, just like oh. any like thriller you like just name any yeah. iconic vinyl album if you'd have left it in the, the original cellophane not taking it out how much would that be worth right now oh it'd be worth a lot of money oh, yeah. yeah 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 so th that's kind of the mindset that i'm taking these days is okay and unfortunately unfortunately i think a lot of people are taking the same mindset right but you know it, it's it's one of those things where it's like I can listen to it on Spotify. It's not like yeah. this is the only way I can listen to it. Exactly. It's like, I want to keep this as pure and pristine as possible. Right. Right. Kind of hold it for what it's worth. So. Yeah. Thank goodness for, uh, again, social media, digital. Yeah. Spotify, iTunes, all of that. So yeah. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, let me go out and buy the real deal, the real thing, but you know, I can go online and just, you know, listen all day long. So. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely.
And uh, so have you looked at trusting vinyl or, I, I mean, obviously you just found out about the cassette tape thing, but. <laughs> I think cassette, I, I, I'm, I'm going to think about that in a couple of years and see what happens. I think that's but you know what? I've like... always wanted a vinyl, um, <laughs> but you know what I want to put on vinyl is my second album. Okay. Um, because um, that, that's very interesting. Um, I know people that collect vinyl you know, uh, younger, older, you know, yeah. that they're, that's, that's their collection, that's their thing. And I've been asked a couple of times, hey, do you think I can get this on vinyl? And I said, oh, I said, I'll, let, let me see what I can do. Um, the gospel album, probably. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see why not. I think that would make a great collector's item. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool. Would I collect vinyl? I don't know. Because I did as a kid, but, you know, back then, that's what we had. Yeah. The, the one thing that I do really appreciate about vinyl, though, is the artwork. Like, just, oh yeah. you know, like, you look at CDs, and they, some CDs have some really cool artwork, but for whatever reason, the vinyl just looks better. Like, the yeah. cover artwork, you know. Yeah. And there's something to be said for... Like for me, I when I think of vinyl, for whatever reason, I think of blues music. Like that, mm -hmm. for what it just like a good blues album should be on vinyl, regardless if it's yeah. 2080 or not. Oh, wow, 1980 or 2020, you know, right? Right, I, well, I, it, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pretend like I didn't just say that. 2080, <laughs> could you imagine? Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so now that's cool. The um, vinyl, I think vinyl is going to be here to stay. Like, I, well, longer than the cassette tape. We'll, we'll yeah, say. yeah. Because they've been pro really promoting the comeback of vinyl, like what, last five years? Yeah. Something they, like that, five or six year, years. Last year, they had an article that vinyl for the first time in how many ever years outsold cds and it's like yeah but th that that's kind of low-hanging fruit at this point but like yeah. if you promote it yeah that's awesome because if right. you buy a hard copy you're gonna buy vinyl over a cd um just because vinyl's in my opinion a little bit easier to protect a cd if you drop it or you put it in the play, or you put it in a CD player wrong, you're going to scratch it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, I don't want to keep you too much longer because it is, it is Saturday morning. It is the weekend. You're free to do whatever you want. Finally, you know, no work, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, what's one thing that's keeping you motivated throughout this entire pandemic what's keeping you motivated to keep pushing your music career forward because i've seen a lot of musicians at the beginning of this pandemic they kind of packed it in i guess is the best way to phrase it like they yeah you know they didn't have any music recorded they didn't have anything written to go record and so they just kind of packed it in but you you've released a new single you're working towards a new album what's keeping you motivated the motivation is um, is what's going on in our world today, just period. Um, and the fact that I do love music, 
And there are a lot of fans out there, friends, musician friends, non-musician friends who, you know, they're waiting to see what I'm going to do next. Um, uh, but with the way of the world and the world, you know, is asking me, when's that gospel album coming out? Um, that's what keeps me going. And the fact that I pray every day, every single day, my oldest is 41 and I've been praying ever since he was born. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just, you know, I ask God, what do you, I need for you to guide me in what I need to do as far as the music? Because right now the world still needs, there's still a lot of positive things going on musically, but what can I bring to the table as the individual? You know, as the mother, as the nurse, as the musician, um, as a Christian, what can I do? And so that's my motivation. And then after, and I'm going to tell you, Tom, I did a benefit show with my um, electric blues band. And this is how I know where the motivation comes. First of all, a lot of the people that came to the benefit had not seen us. Mm -hmm. Um, the last time I played with my blues band was back in June at a huge theater. It was 40 or 50 people in the crowd. It's a big theater. It could hold 500 people. Yeah. So you can only imagine, you know, 40 or 50. And I had not seen my bandmates since like June or February. Oh, wow. So we didn't practice. We didn't have no practice. And it was, it felt so good. And I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Because I was one of those musicians, I'm like, should I keep doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, there's nowhere to play, you know, online, what do I do? And then fast forward, when we did that benefit about three weekends ago, <clears throat> we had practiced twice. Mm -hmm. And I got up on that stage, and I did that set. And it's my job to not only listen to my bandmates, but to look at the crowd and see what's going on, each individual person. And I do do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> people are like how can you do that if there's thousands of people I said it's very easy to do you learn to focus at the same time of what you're doing and I saw people people got up started dancing people were clapping people were smiling and I said and there it is yep that is why you just needed, yes. that. You just needed yes. that reminder yes yeah. I said that is why even though I don't get to see these folks you know, like I, I used to gig every weekend, every single weekend, yeah. you know, working five days a week. And I was okay with that. It was, I was getting a little burned out, but you know what? It was my motivation. And I said, and there it is. That's why I'm supposed to do this. That's what motivates me. Um, the constant, the constant um, excuse me, social interaction I have on my Facebook page, um, on my Instagram and Twitter, that's my motivation seeing the reaction and the positivity that I keep people, I get the feedback. There may be one or two people who want to, you know, get a little, have, be very opinionated, I'm going to say. And I don't knock them for it. I said, I respect you. I respect you for your opinion. I'm not trying to change you. Don't try to change me. Mm -hmm. I said, you just asked my boyfriend, don't change me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, thank God we have opinions. We don't have to agree on a lot of stuff, if anything, but we still respect each other and you're still following me on social media. Yeah. You know, you just gotta, it, 
this is going to be a little bit upfront about it, but you got to like what you like or believe what you believe. Just don't be a dick about it. That's right. Amen to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I tell people, because it's it's funny you say that. And I used to, and I have to get out of that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, and I feel weird about it. Like I walk into a room and all of a sudden, oh, here's Miss Freddie. Oh, Miss Freddie. You know, I'm getting all that attention. And I get kind of weird about it because I'm like, okay, I'm not one of those. Yes, look, it's me. Here I am. And I'm like, mm, no, I, I just, I, I don't know if it's an uncomfortable feeling or it's like, no, I'm just me, you guys. You know, I'm the nurse, I'm the mom, and I'm just here to sing, <laughs> you know, and say hi. And so to get out of that weirdness feeling, you know what I do now? Um, Before the pandemic, I would walk into the venue. And even if it's, I'm doing a blues festival or an indoor something, I'm like, hey, I'll come through the front door. Usually there's like a side door the band comes. I'm like, forget that, you know. I'll come in, hey, everybody, how are you doing? You know, like, what's going on? Oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. Hey, you're here for the show. Hey, you look like you're new, never seen you before people like that because you're recognizing you know you're just not some performer who's there to make the money and go yeah. home. you know people like that um i call it interpersonal reaction yeah um because you know the reactions are very important and so by the time i get up on stage i've already revved them up i've already got them excited and so it's like, okay, I've got them excited. Now let me get the band excited. <laughs> and so by the time we hit the first note, it's all uphill. Yeah. There's never yeah. anything downhill. It's all uphill until the last song of the night. By the time I get to the last song of the night, I'm getting tired. I'm like, oh, but, it, but it's not about me. So I got to like, you know, and I rev myself up again and that's it. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, that's a really fresh and great way to look at it and approach like shows like festivals in general because you know a lot of times music like you'd mentioned musicians will just kind of come in the side or the back door come up do their set if they have like an autograph obligation or like a meet and greet obligation they'll do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then they just kind of scurry to the back yeah but the fact that like i've never been to a festival that a musician is just walking through the crowd and comes through the gate and so you know and introduces and interacts so that would be a really fresh and like oh great i just talked to them i want to go see what their show's about not you know so yeah yeah and that's important um you know to do that and i love doing that like if if um if i'm not on till later on you know if i'm at a festival i will be out in the crowd i won't and i'll stay in the green room or whatever they have for us to tent but i like going walking out through the crowds and if there's vendors there i may buy something i'm like come on let's take a selfie you know i'm queen of selfies thank you a lot of people who know me you know and i'm like you i said you know you're going to be on facebook in about three seconds you know i'm loading up the picture you know i said but it's to promote you and to let people know hey come on and buy this or come on next time, you know, if you could come to this festival next year and this vent, you know, if this vendor is here. So um, I like doing that. I'm a social butterfly. Um, so I like getting into the crowd. I like, and I, I also pay attention. Okay. Because it's kind of interesting. Um, I've attended a, f- a couple of blues festivals in my life that people didn't know who I 
was. They didn't know what I looked like. So, you know, this one time I did it on purpose because I wanted to hear, and I'm like, oh, it's like, um, you guys know all these like people who are gonna be, you know, on this bill? And um, people are like, yeah, and I said, oh, who, who do you know? And then they got to me and it's like, well, we've heard about her. We don't know, we have to see, you know, we don't like her, you know, we're gonna leave. And I, you know, I kept a straight face because I wanted to bust on life. I'm like, you know, that's me. I didn't want to do that because that would put them on the spot and embarrass yeah. them. Yeah. And so, you know, talking, talking, talking. And then it's kind of interesting. I get on stage and I start and I, you know, I try to, if I can see them in the crowd, if I can. And I look at their face and I see eyes like, <laughs> It's the funniest thing. And then when I'm done, I'll walk through the crowd. Oh my God. Uh, the what that one time, this one lady, she's like, why didn't you tell me? I said, because number one, it's not about putting you on the spot. My job is to find out what you like. Yeah. And yeah. I said, there's maybe a thousand people or three people. Yeah. I said, yeah. I can't please everybody, but I can tell you, you're gonna feel what I'm feeling every last song that I'm doing, whether it's a love song, whether it's a song about, you know my man did this but guess what i'm doing now you know it, any yeah. kind of a song and i said it's about reaching out to you and i said and um i told her i said i've met a lot of people in my career as a musician who did not like blues yeah the reason why they were there because their friends dragged them but then when i was done they're like oh my god you know i get the confession of the blues you know yeah never yeah. liked blues but when i hear you and i says well that's my goal you know, I said, I, there's a lot that I didn't like before, but I said, once I listened and I paid attention and I said, I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> absolutely. And you know, what's interesting about that is you're finding a way to like, you're not, you're not going to be able to, you like you'd mentioned, you're not going to be able to please everyone. You're not going to be able to appeal to everyone. But when you're at a festival like that, by doing what you did, going and interact, like, disguise like technically disguising yourself and just interacting with somebody maybe you were able to find out a little bit of information to okay to find a way to uh make sure everybody in the show has something that they at least connect with at least as a song so like let's say big fat for instance you have a song that's on your set list that you're kind of Eh, on the rocks about actually performing because you don't know if people are going to like it and you go out and do your thing where you're interacting with the crowd and they don't know who you are who you are and they say and you get a lot of people that say oh I really like this musician and you have a song that kind of mirrors what that musician is like or what the, the song that musician goes after you could put that figure out where to put that in your song list so then you know okay you know, like, that, that's a really long winded way to describe it. But you know, you're finding a way to connect with as many people in that set or in the, the crowd as possible. Oh, absolutely. And um, just uh, one thing to add to that. Um, people, I've been asked, um, do I use the same set for every last venue? And I said, no. no. Yeah. I said, if I said, if I've never been to the venue, I've checked it out already online or if I know musicians who played there and it depends on the area and with that and I said I arrange my set list according to the venue and I said it has worked, it worked eh, maybe a couple times you know um, if I remember correctly probably didn't 
but at the end of the day, it works. Nice. You know, if I'm going to go do a concert for a church, obviously, and, and I'm going to tell you, it, it, it cracks me up. <laughs> you know, I'm expect okay, let's find some gospel stuff or mm. some, you know, some Christian stuff, you know, spiritual. And they're like, okay, you're going to do some blues for us? And I'm like, what? But I have to get out of that mindset that it's okay to do blues and gospel in yep. the church. It, 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 it really is okay. You just have to be mindful and respectful because yeah. I don't do any swearing. So, you know, yeah. but, um, and, and so, you know, I'm very, very mindful of making sure that me and the bandmates are on the same page. And um, it's kind of funny uh, because I've been to some venues. Um, for instance, I just did a family friendly show in a place called Market Square, downtown Pittsburgh uh, last Thursday. And, you know, I, I love it when venues and promoters are like, this is a family friendly show. And the mm -hmm. first time that you do blah, 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 you know, this is all in a contract. And I chuckle and I said, are you kidding me? You people still don't know who I am. And I'm not saying that for I'm Miss Freddie, yeah. Pittsburgh's mm -hmm. Lady of the Blues. That's not why I say that. I'm like, have you not been to any of my shows? And every time I do play for the city of Pittsburgh, my yeah. shows are family friendly. So yeah. my shows are family friendly when I play venues and I'm playing outside like wineries. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I just chuckle at that. And, you know, and I get that there probably are some musicians who don't do family friendly stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, and I get it. They have to put that in the contract or remind the musician. But I, I just, I kind of crack up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like, I mean, I get it from the city's aspect. Like, if yeah. for whatever reason, like, there's always that one person that uh, you could sit there and do an entire 20 song set about yeah. puppies and kittens, and yeah. somebody's gonna think that it's not family friendly, you know? It so, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely get it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, that is kind of funny. It's like I've played here so many times, and any set that I play anywhere is fam that's that's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I get it from the city's aspect as well. Oh, um, I do too. So, and I and I respect that. I, I'm always, you know, respectful of the venue, the promoter. Doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I want to come back and do it yeah. again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when there isn't a pandemic, you mentioned that you were usually playing every weekend, like last every weekend, Tom, for the last two years. <laughs> that sister was playing, and, and uh, you know, oh, don't get me wrong, I loved it, but I look back. This pandemic has made me look back on the last yeah. three, four, five years of my life, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I did almost 200 and some shows a year. Oh wow. I said, who does that that works full time? Yeah. Who oh, yeah. does that? I'm like, is there anybody out there that does that? Please. You know, but uh, but it was getting to the point last year I was getting a little burned out. I could yeah. feel mm -hmm. it because I could feel myself becoming a little bit more anxious mm -hmm. at anything, whether it was job, yeah. personal life, mm -hmm. music. And, uh, but you want to know something? 
every time I'm like, okay, this is going to be the last time. I think I want to be a booking agent. I just want to take on a band and just book their gigs for them and call, you know, because I love booking. Okay. I love doing it. I've had musician friends. Could you please book me? I'm like, no, I'm a mom. I work. I got two bands. Come on. Um, but yeah, I was, um, and this year, um, it wasn't going to be as much. Yeah. Okay. And I had all these gigs lined up until about November. Um, and now, you know, they were canceled. So, um, and, and I'm okay with that because we have a health crisis going on. Yeah. But Tom, ever since that second album came out three years ago, I was gigging every weekend. And now, was it all pr uh, primarily around Pittsburgh or were you going out to like different states and... Oh my, so Pittsburgh, going north of Pittsburgh, West Virginia. I used to go to West Virginia a lot from Morgantown to Beckley. Okay. And anything in between, Charleston, Weston, oh, Elkton. The East Coast there, you could like three hours in any direction and you could be yeah. in five different states. Exactly. Ohio. Uh, let me see, where else have I been? I've been to Memphis a couple of times, but only around the Blues Music Awards and the um, and when they have the International Blues Challenge. I've okay. been down there to do some showcases with some friends. Nice. Uh, where else? I've been to the state of Indiana, uh, thanks to my friend Queen Delphine and the Crown Jewels. Hi, Queen Delphine. <laughs> uh, where else? I went out California to record my, you know, my album, never been to California in my life. San Jose and um, been out there. And when I was out there, I got to, you know, do jam session. Mm -hmm. um, where else? Oh, Alabama, where both of my parents are from. My first time nice. was uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Went down to Montgomery to the Oyster Bar. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it, it's a cool venue. I just was scared to death. They kept telling me, you know, there's alligators in that river. I said, are you kidding me? Yeah. Nope, <laughs> I said, and they're like snakes. I said, I used to play with snakes. And I said, poison snakes don't bother me. I said, I, I know all about snakes. And they're looking at me like, um, where else? Uh, yeah, so that's where I've been as far as um, states to perform. And, you know, when this pandemic, as long as I'm alive and healthy, I, I do want to do more traveling, uh, more touring. Um, and my but goal you mentioned is that you had the European tour. Yeah. I had a three-week European tour um, this coming November, which, as I mentioned before, was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been Germany, uh, Switzerland, let me say France, uh, the Netherlands, and there was one other country. Yeah. Um, and that would have been three weeks. And I had got the, uh, the schedule. Oh, my gosh. I think maybe like out of the three weeks, I probably had maybe like three or four days to myself and that's oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, so it was gonna be a busy schedule and you know, um, I was sad about it, but you know, it, there, there's a health crisis going yeah. on. So yeah, but so the tour manager, Fred, Le, I think he pronounces his name, Latois, Fred Latois uh, from France. Um, we are hoping that, you know, we can get something together either June or next June or next November. So we'll see what happens. Because that was one of my goals or one of my, what can I say, one of my wishes mm -hmm. that I get to tour in Europe, even if it's just one time in my life. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's 
so funny because you'd mentioned that out of a three-week tour that you're only going to have three free days to yourself and that sounds like every production run that we do like so when there isn't a global health crisis going on we travel and we do live acoustic uh video recordings for bands okay. so like we'll travel out to wherever they're at and so two or three times a year we plan these big like four or five day runs and we're going to all these places that none of us have ever been to before, but we can't see any of it because right, right. we have to pack that schedule so tight yeah. that we've only got four or five days and half of it we spent driving. So we yeah. have to pack the schedule so tight, but yeah. you know, and that's why I'm scared to go over to like the UK or Australia or international mm -hmm. because we're there. I want to see some of this stuff, like some, like, you know, big ben or you know like all the like tour more traditional touristy stuff right. but if i'm going to spend thousands of dollars to get us over there and support us and whatnot i want to go and work and get my stuff done and, right like tourism isn't isn't at the top of my list yeah and you know i when i saw that schedule and even you know when i was uh when i was performing before the pandemic you know if i say like if i went to ohio and it's like oh you know i heard about this or i want to go see this or i want to go see this band play and it's it's just not it's just not possible yeah. so i've become a realist it's like okay i've got to figure out and i'm a multitasker and i think that comes from being a nurse and a mom so i know how to kind of like okay i want to go down the street for an hour before my show starts in three hours yeah so that yeah. way i go visit for an hour sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but then i make sure i get back rested get cleaned up go do what i have to do you know yeah. so um it's it's just kind of i don't know i love traveling and a, a lot of my musician friends are like oh don't like staying in a hotel but we know we got to do it i said i hate to say this but i love going staying in a hotel or a motel i said or a bed and breakfast i've done all three and i said i just like that whole being on the road mm -hmm. um the only thing i don't like i cannot stand being in a vehicle for eight hours after eight hours you know i mean there are stops after eight hours yeah. i'm done traveling get me on a plane get me somewhere but no you know so that's my only thing about me it's like after eight hours i'm like no are we there yet like i'm a little kid are we there yet yeah please yeah. let me out uh let me fly i'll see you guys later you know i had so. that very real realization this past weekend when i was in kentucky uh doing the family trip thing i on the way there i was like okay i'm not in a huge rush to get there i'm gonna yeah. stop every couple of hours you know and just yeah. like relax and make it an easy trip but on the way back it's like i left so late in the day because originally i was going to stay an extra day and then some stuff happened at work and i was like oh i gotta get back i can't take this extra day and so i left so late in the day that i wasn't going to get home till 11 o'clock at night and uh -huh. so i was like i don't want to get home any later than that like i want to be yeah. as 11 o'clock as i can be so it's from Waco, Texas, where I'm at now to yeah. Western Kentucky, it's 10 and a half hours, 11 if you figure in like a gas stop or two. I made it in one stop 
and I got out of my car, my knees were so stiff. My joints were so stiff. And like, I got out of the car and I'm like, oh, I don't even know if I can walk down the stairs to yeah. get into my apartment. Wow. Never again. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, I'm not 20, I'm not in my 20s anymore. I can't, <laughs> like, that's how, like, because I'm only 33, but that's still yeah. so weird to say. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, I totally get that. That ha that happened to me, Tom. Um, traveling from Pittsburgh to Memphis for the first time, drove, yeah. and it was a fourteen-hour drive. And I said, okay, but I was so excited. It was my first time. I was going to go compete in the International Blues Challenge. And then on my way back, you know, we drove back, and I'm like, oh my god. And then the second time went down there, <laughs> and I said. I, 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 you know, the guy that I was dating and I had my son, I said, just want you guys to know I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I was real calm. Yeah. And on the way back, I said, we have got to stop 10 times. And the guy that I was dating, he looked at me, he's like, uh-oh. I said, I told you, after eight hours, I am spent. I am done. I just, please please can we just stay overnight somewhere he's like no you know so he was living in middletown ohio at the time yeah so you know from middletown to memphis i want to say it's about an eight hour drive something like that yeah. and so we you know i said because that's what i did i drove from pittsburgh to his place picked him up and we drove to memphis and i said i'm not driving back home in the same day i'm tired i want to eat i don't care <laughs> So, but then the next day I was fine. I yeah. was literally fine. It, it, it's, it was a little, I, oh, I couldn't stand it. It was oh, driving yeah. me crazy. I could not stand it. Yeah. I said, I will yeah. never go on a, a long drive after eight hours. I'm done. Never yeah. will do that again. Yeah. In January, I pushed our, like, usually I'll have a team of three guys. I pushed, I pushed our limits way too much on that trip. Like we went from, yeah. So my product, like my engineer and his uh, buddy that helps us, they live in Ros. They still live out in Roswell, which is kind of where Lab and Amplified started. So yeah. they drove the seven and a half, eight hours from Roswell, New Mexico to Waco, just to get into my car to drive eleven and a half hours to get to Nashville, and then from Nashville wow. we spent two days in Nashville, and then from Nashville we drove to south florida where my parents are wow and then we spent like four days four or five days in south florida and it was like oh dang we got to be back by tuesday it's monday yeah. morning yeah and we drove straight through the night we drove like the 28 some odd hours wow so I, I have to plan that one out a little bit better because <laughs> my my team was ready to murder me. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I get that. Wow, that you got me beat by on that one. Wow. Well, I, I also love to drive. Like, I, I've got a car that can actually handle it now, and so I just love to get out there and drive. So, oh, good, good. I love to put the miles on my car. I'm a big believer. You know, I got a lot of friends that are like why don't you rent a car? Why are you putting all these miles on your car? It hurts the resale value. And it's like, I bought the car to use it. I'm not worried about the resale value. Right. Like, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I get it. But 
I want to thank you so much for jumping on here. I really appreciate the chat. It's been an amazing conversation. Um, where can everybody find you online? Where can they find you social media, uh, your music uh, to listen, you know, all that fun stuff. Well, you can go starting off with my website, everybody. You can go to www.missfreddy.com. That's M-I-S-S-F-R-E-D-D-Y-E. You can find me on Instagram, Freddie Stover. You can find me on Twitter at MissFreddy17. Uh, you can go to iTunes. You can go to iHeartRadio. You can go to Spotify. Uh, check out my YouTube channel, Miss Freddy, and subscribe. Uh, let's see, Facebook. Uh, friend me on Facebook. Like my musician page, Miss Freddy, M-I-S-S, and then F-R-E-D-D-Y-E on Facebook. Awesome. Awesome. Um, once again, thank you so much for jumping on here. I really appreciate you giving us the time to sit down and chat. Um, thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you guys later. Thank you, Tom. And thank you for supporting us musicians. We do appreciate you and stay yeah. safe. Absolutely. All right, cool. Streams off. Okay. Awesome. Thank you.